Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning. It's so great to have you here, whether you're sitting here in our parking lot or you're out in the grass in your car, you're watching online, maybe you're just hearing us. I heard somebody from my neighborhood, they said, Friday night, we could hear you speaking all the way at our house. So I'm like, well, that's cool. Uh, The wind carries the gospel message. And so uh, we're excited that you're here today. My name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside. Uh, We're so glad that you're with us, whether it's in person or online today. A couple of things we want to let you know. We do have bathrooms available. They're right through this door. Uh, You'll see the signs inside that uh, will take you there. We also have bottled water available for you anytime during the service. If you feel thirsty, you need some bottled water, you can absolutely go over here to our blue cooler, pick that up, uh, and, and have as many as you'd like. Uh, We also have a kids ministry, and we'll dismiss kids after our first worship set. And today, Miss Wendy uh, will be leading because Miss Jackie is taking care of some of her kids who just recently had surgery, but it all went well. So good news there. Uh, You're able to give today. Uh, You rather could have gave when you first came in. There's a white giving tube there. We also have a white giving tube right over here by our BGMC barrel. Uh, You can just drop your offering in there. Uh, anytime uh, during the service or at the end of service that is available for you. When you leave today, we are going to ask you to please exit with your vehicles out onto Union Street. You can kind of see where we have that marked out for you. Uh, That's just to make sure that we keep everybody safe when we end our service today. And speaking of the end of service today, it is Sack Lunch Sunday. Uh, So if you brought a lunch with you, that's awesome, because at the end of service, we're going to clean up, then we're going to throw some tables underneath our big tent here and have lunch together. And if you didn't bring a lunch with you, hey, we encourage you to go out to Culver's or another fast food place, pick up a sack lunch and come back and have lunch with us today. We'd love just to fellowship with you for a little while at the end of service today. We do apologize we aren't able to have our pop-up awnings out here. They were all up here earlier, uh, but after I played Mary Poppins with one of the small ones this morning and, and went across our, our beautiful lawn, uh, we decided that we would take them down. Uh, and so we do have weights now for our big ones, but we just still felt with uh, 25 mile an hour winds possible, probably not a great idea. So we know there's no awnings today, but we hope to hold those back for next week. Well, are you ready to worship this morning? Oh, a couple of people are ready to worship. Hey, here's the good thing. We know that uh, God's presence sometimes in the Bible, especially in the books of Acts, uh, it was demonstrated by a mighty rushing wind. Uh, so we might have a little bit of wind today, but you know what? The presence of God is here in this place today. If you feel comfortable, would you stand to your feet really quick as we pray and we ask the Lord to just be with us during our service today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to carry the gospel message to our community. God, we thank you that your word is is solid. It's something we can stand on. And today we're going to step into it and learn some really neat things for our personal life. God, we pray over our worship that, God, we want to worship with a spirit that is true, that a heart that's in the right place, where our focus is on you, not on the distractions to our right or our left, but, God, on the presence of God. We want to be with you. We want to spend time with you today. Lord, would you anoint this service? Would you do all that you want to do in people's lives, in their hearts? Lord, stretch them, grow them. Help us to be different when we leave this place than when we came this morning. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, worship team, let's worship together. Amen. I'm borrowing uh, Miss Jackie's Bible right now, so I got to get that back to her, but... uh... I'm reading from Ephesians, as Pastor asked you to stand. I'm reading from Ephesians 6.13. Many of you are familiar with the armor of God and uh, the things that we need to put on to uh, protect us from the enemy. Verse 13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. And then it says in verse 14, stand firm then. Three times it says to stand. We're standing in the strength of the Lord and in the strength of his word. We'd like to sing a a hymn that we haven't sung for a while. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. I hope you have your song sheets. 
Jesus. And you know, there's another hymn, and we're not going to sing that right now, but standing on the promises of God. You know, God has given us many promises in his word. Our God, Jesus turned water into wine. Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise.
us. And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, be seated. Well, if you were with us on uh, Friday night, boy, what a great night. How many enjoyed Friday night? Uh, man, it was, it was a blast. It was a little hot, uh, but we had a great time. We honored our missions team as they get ready to head out here. And uh, just, just about a month from now, they'll be headed to Kenya. Uh, so we were able to bless them. Uh, they were here doing concessions, and they blessed us with free ice cream at the end of the night. So that was amazing. Um, just one thing here before we dismiss kids. This summer, we're doing uh, part of our, our sermon series is we are uh, making available water baptisms. Uh, Jesus said, look, for those who believe and then get baptized, their salvation. And there's nothing magical about the water, but it is an act of obedience. The first thing that that Jesus said, once we give our hearts to him, is to be obedient and be baptized. And maybe you grew up in a church where they did um, baby baptisms, and the only problem with that is it's not really biblical because a baby can't make a decision to follow Jesus. And so once we decide to follow Jesus, water baptism is something we should do out of obedience. It's something that's symbolic. It symbolizes that Jesus has washed us clean of our path. There's a fresh start in him. And it also tells everybody else, I've made a decision to follow Jesus. And so we have water baptism available every service this summer. Uh, at least unless there's lightning, then we may not do water baptism. It's probably not a good idea. Uh, but if you'd like to get baptized today, if during the message, the spirit just begins to stir on you, uh, at the end of the message, we'll give direction. We have clothes here that you can change into uh, for water baptism. We've got towels. So if that's something that the Lord would put on your heart to do, we want to give you an opportunity to do that today or any of our services this summer. Well, at this time, we are going to dismiss our kids. Miss Wendy, there she is. She's ready to take kids. If you want to go with her, guys, you are more than welcome to. They're going through the building. And then, parents, you can pick up your kids right inside here at the end of service today. So, Miss Wendy will be right over here by the water baptismal. Don't jump in the baptismal, all right? That's, that's for later. Can't go swimming. Maybe, maybe later. Maybe later. Well, I'm excited to get into the Word today. Um, last week, we talked about the fact that the devil wants to steal the fruit in our life. He wants to come and all the things that God wants to put in your life, develop through your life, the devil wants to come and steal those things. And one of the ways he does that is to cause distractions. How many of you guys remember the car alarm going off last week when we went back into worship? I thought it was great. I was so excited. That wasn't planned, but it was like, that's exactly what we were talking about. That when it comes to the things of God, where we're supposed to engage with God, all of a sudden, we can have this distraction, and our focus can be moved to that, and the enemy steals all the things that God had in store for us. So let's make sure we don't allow the devil to steal those things. 
uh, as we move forward today, the title of my message is, It's Time for a Jailbreak. It's time for a jailbreak. Because the fact is, is not only does the devil want to steal from you, but he wants to keep you in prison. He wants to put you in a place where you can't experience the freedom that Christ has for you. He wants to get you wrapped up in all sorts of things, worry and controversy and, and, and things that, that don't really matter in eternity. He puts us in prisons. So let's talk about prisons for a minute, because I believe believers are meant to be free. Amen? Jesus wants you to be free. So what are some of the prisons we get stuck in? Well, the first one, the biggest one, is the prison of sin. Paul writes about this in Hebrews. He says, sin easily entangles us. It ensnares us. Sin is a prison that you and I can't get out of by ourselves. There's nothing that we can do to be set free from sin. But there is one we know who can set us free. His name is Jesus. There's other prisons, because there's a prison of religion sometimes. We can get stuck in, in it all being about uh, works that, that bring about salvation, that, that, that a, lot of, a lot of places teach that you've got to do certain things to earn your salvation, but salvation can never be earned. It's a gift given by our Savior. When you're stuck in a prison of religion, it's about rules and checklists. It's about worshiping preferences. Worshiping rituals instead of worshiping Jesus. Jesus has to be the foundation. I'm not saying that there aren't guidelines or that there aren't rules or sometimes like fences, right? Like because if if you're a cattle owner or you've ever worked on a farm, you have fences for your cattle because you want to keep them safe. You want to keep them out of the streets. And when we follow God, there are fences in our life that God puts up. But those aren't to keep us imprisoned. They're to keep us safe. They're guidelines for our life. God wants to set us free from a a prison of religion. There's the prison of perspective. We get stuck in a prison of our our own thoughts, our own views. Unable to see the world, the situations, hardships, or, or even people sometimes with the proper perspective, with God's perspective, because we're stuck in our own perspective. We can have all sorts of prisons. We have a prison of a hard heart, a heart that, that won't accept correction, a prison of pride, a prison of anger. And, and I think for a lot of us, sometimes we built our own prisons that we get stuck in. And maybe you can relate to that this morning. Maybe there's a prison that you're stuck in. And I'm not asking you to call it out or even to share it with anybody, but you know, you know that sometimes in our life there's prisons of worry or there's, there, there's other prisons that, that we develop in our own life a way of living that, that God wants to set you free today. So let's take a look at an individual who was stuck in prison. Um, and as we do this, uh, you know, it's good to, to make note that we're going to talk about Peter, and Peter is stuck in prison really because of his relationship with Jesus. Now, the chances of, chance of you and I going to prison for our relationship with Jesus, while they might be getting greater these days, than previously, I want to tell you the reality is, is probably you and I will never end up in prison for our belief in Jesus. But Peter was in that place. And I think there's some great lessons we can learn about his jailbreak that we can apply to our spiritual life today. Let's look at Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. It was, a, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some belonging to the church. Instead, uh, in, oh, sorry, intending to persecute them, He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. I want you to know you're not alone today. There are people praying for you. You may not even be here in our, in our parking lot. You may not be watching online. Maybe the, the wind is carrying my voice today and you're hearing that. I want you to know somebody is praying for you today. Verse 6 says, 
The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in his cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quickly get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision or still sleeping and having a dream. They passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from, from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When, that, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and the servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she realized it was Peter's voice, she was overjoyed. She ran back without opening the door and explained, Peter's at the door. Someone said, you're out of your mind. That's what they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept knocking, and when they opened the door, there he was. They were astonished. Peter mentioned with his, motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. The first point I want to talk to you this morning is the reality of your situation. In verse 6, it said, The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Peter was stuck between two guards. The guards kind of are, are an example of the people that influence us in our life, the people that we walk next to. We have to be careful of the people we allow to influence us. Do they, do they have our best intentions in mind? Or, or do they have their own agenda that they're trying to push on us? Be careful who you allow to influence you. And look, even people who say they're followers of Jesus, you have to be careful because the proof is in the pudding, right? What type of fruit do they have in their life? Be careful. Just because somebody drives a car with a Jesus fist fish doesn't mean that they're sold out for Jesus. Just because you wear a t-shirt that says, I'm a follower of Jesus, doesn't mean you are a follower of Jesus. There has to be some heart things going on, and nobody's perfect. We should have grace for one another, but make sure you're careful who influences you, and is that influence for the kingdom, for the real kingdom? I think sometimes, I heard somebody say this the other day, sometimes we follow a God that we think about, that, that our mind has, has built, and sometimes we surrender all that and we follow the real God that the Bible tells us about. Let's make sure we're following the real God. The other things that this scripture says is, it says he was stuck in chains. And Peter didn't have the power to break free from these. He was stuck behind a locked gate. And he didn't have the key to get out. It's a horrible feeling when you feel helpless. And that's where Peter was. There was nothing he could do to get out of this mess except to close his eyes and go to sleep that night. It's a horrible feeling, and maybe you can relate to that. Maybe last night as you laid your head down, the only thing that you were capable of doing was finally fall asleep because you feel stuck in a situation. You feel stuck in something that's happening internally in your life. Well, I've got good news because point two tells us this. Jesus does the heavy lifting. In verse seven, it says, Suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared, and light shone in his cell. He struck Peter on the side to wake him up. Quickly, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. The angel wakes Peter up. He pokes him in the side. I love this story. Because I believe that's what Jesus is constantly trying to do in our, our life. He's coming along and poking us in the side going, hey, 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 trying to get our attention. To say there's something that I want to do in your life. I have something better for you than this. There's something greater for you ahead. What lies ahead of your life is far greater than what's behind us. 
It's what Jesus is doing right now. Anytime that we come to church, anytime that we hear the gospel presented, it's an opportunity for Jesus to poke us in the side and say, I've got something better. And even this morning, while you're here, you might feel this pulling, this this uneasy feeling. And I want to tell you that's called conviction. And that's Jesus trying to wake you up and say, get up, I got something better for you. He's trying to get your attention this morning. As Peter got up, it says that the chains fell from his wrists. Sin, broken, loneliness, all these things. We can't seem to break them on our own. But Jesus has come to already set you free. But the problem is, the chains come off, but sometimes we hold on to the chains. There's no lock anymore holding these in. But so many people hold on to their chains because we've gotten used to the way it feels. I know what the weights feel like to have them on, and and we've learned how to be functional in our dysfunction. We've learned how to be comfortable with chains around us so that when they're gone, all of a sudden it feels uneasy because we don't know what comes next. Because some of us, we've had chains on for so long, we can't remember what it's like to have them off. So we pick up the chains and we continue to hold on to them. And we say, well... I'll just go back to this because I know how to function under this. See, some people, they'll come out from sin, they'll get saved, they'll they'll have this moment, they start walking forward in Jesus, but then this crazy thing happens. As we follow Jesus, your life should begin to change continually. Now until the day we're called home, we should be a constant motion moving forward. There should be things that Jesus is constantly changing inside of you. But what happens for so many is as they begin to walk through the change, they begin to realize that they're walking into the unknown and it's out of fear that they'll run back and they'll grab a hold of the thing that's comfortable. They'll grab a hold of the thing that they know. So they'll put the chains back on. They'll get back in the jail cell by themselves, even though the door is unlocked. They'll sit there because it's more comfortable to be in dysfunction than to live in freedom and to live in the unknown. I want to tell you, God's calling us to walk into the unknown, but you don't go alone. Because Jesus goes with you. So I think the worst thing that could happen is if we get to the end of our life and we find out that we didn't take the adventure of following Jesus because it was unknown, because it was something new. Let go of your chains today. Jesus has already set you free. It's time to put the chains down and not pick them back up again. Point number three, lace them up. I love this part. Lace them up. Jesus is asking you to do something this morning. So far, everything is about what Jesus has done. Jesus sets us free. He breaks the bondage of sin. He did that by dying on the cross and and then raising from the grave. He provides salvation. He provides freedom. He opens the locked doors. He gives us a path to follow. But then there comes our point where we have to be obedient. We've got to lace them up. Verse 8 says, Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Put on your clothes and sandals and follow him. I think it's probably a good idea if we're going to be Christians. It's a good idea that one, we shouldn't be running around naked, and two, we shouldn't be running around with chains on, because naked people running around with chains on is creepy, all right? It just is. I'm just going to say that. We don't need a demonstration for that this morning. There's a, a jailbreak happening here. The jailbreak was on for Peter. It was time for freedom, but he needed to put on his clothes and sandals. He had to be equipped for the exit that God had in mind. The Bible tells us exactly what we need to put on to be equipped for a jailbreak moment. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rules, sorry, rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. Mike didn't even know this was in my notes. He already read it this morning. Can I tell you God wants you to get this this morning? Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. I want to introduce you to two quick friends of mine. Uh, I've got George and Fred here, all right? So this is, this is Fred, George and Fred Orange. So first you've got Fred. And look, he got up this morning. He kind of had a rough morning. One, he looks like he has a bite taken out of him. I don't know who peeled this orange, but they were a little hungry. Uh, but he, he got up this morning, and he's running late to church, and he's got a lot of things going on. And so he did not put on his clothes this morning. He didn't put on the armor. And look what happens. Eventually, he sinks. This illustration just went totally sideways. Because he sunk this morning. He's struggling. I did, this, I did this illustration with the same orange and it sunk. So he's, he's manipulated by the Spirit of God. Um, the fact is, is that when we put on the armor of God, it's kind of like an orange with its peel. He's ready to go. He's excited. He's prepared. He comes right to the top, no problem, no struggle. He's ready to go. Can I tell you this morning... God wants you to put on the armor of God. And of all the pieces, I want to just really lean into one this morning. Because it's the same piece that the angel talks about. He says, hey, put on your clothes. But then he makes special mention of his sandals. To put something on your feet. And we know from the scripture that we just read, that sandals are the readiness that comes with the gospel. The Bible. I like Nikes, that's what I'm wearing this morning. I love their line more than anything, just do it. Boy, if we could do that with the Word of God, just do the Word of God. Because we need the Word of God in our life. We need to just not read it and just not hear it, but we need to apply it to our life. And I want to tell you today, we have tools available for you. If you don't have a Bible, we've got Bibles, we will give them to you. We've got a great devotional to get you started on your walk with Christ called the Purple Book. We'll give that to you for free. We have them available today over at the BGMC stand. We also have Right Now Media, which is a streaming account that we'll give you free with over 20,000 pieces of content for biblical teaching, from preaching to kids programming. It's all there. Bible study, small groups, we'll give it to you for free. You can watch it on your phone, your tablet, your computer, your smart TV. It's all there. We've got a Bible study that meets at 6.30 on Wednesday, and this fall we'll have grow groups for every age that's at our church to be able to pour into your life. We'll have facilitators that will teach on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. Come be a part of what God is doing, but get the Word of God in your life because that is what truly brings about change. Worship team, if you come back, our fourth point and final point this morning is this, you're not alone. The passage that we looked at this morning in Acts starts off with telling us, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. In verse 12, it says, when this had, had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. They were praying for Peter. Now look, they were shocked when Peter actually showed up. They were like, oh, wow, God actually did what we were asking. So I'm not sure. Well, that's a message for another time. But I want to tell you, I believe that there are greater things in store for your life. 
but you have to be dedicated to prayer. The church has to realize that prayer is powerful, and it's just not the pastor who has the ability to pray, because I am not the church. I am part of the church. We are the church. We're the church, and when you pray, your prayers are effective. And God loves when we're just not praying for ourselves, but we're praying for others in our community. We're praying for people that are hurt, people that are lost, people that are in prison, that they may experience salvation and freedom. Let's pray this morning. If you do this, would you, would you just close your eyes? Let's just cancel out all the distractions around us. This morning, if you're here, no one's looking around, but you realize that you need a Savior in your life. Maybe you grew up going to church. Maybe at one time you were on fire for God, but you've let that relationship lapse. You've let it slip away, and God is calling you back. He wants a relationship with you. If you know this morning that you need a fresh start with Jesus. You need a relationship with Jesus. Would you just raise your hand this morning? Acknowledge that you need Jesus in your life. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I'm a sinner, which means I'm not perfect. And Lord, I need a Savior. I can't get out of my own jail cell and the chains that wrap up my life. But Jesus, I know that you can that you can set me free. So Lord, I proclaim that you are the Lord of my life. Would you come into my life? Would you save me? Would you change me? Would you transform me? I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again. And that, Lord, I want to experience everything that you have for me in Jesus' name. Lord, this morning I pray for those who know you, but, Lord, they feel stuck. They feel stuck like, like they're being held back, like, like, like there's something going on, there's, there's chains still weighing them down, there's still a, a prison that they're walking in, and maybe they're scared, maybe they can relate, Lord, to, 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 to wanting to let go of things, but stepping into the unknown is so scary, and this morning I pray for courage, that they would be able to step into the unknown with you. Lord, we want to be free, free from sin, free from religion, free from the own prisons that we've created with our own mind and life. Maybe this morning we're facing a situation that seems like a prison and we don't, we don't know how it will end or how we get out of this situation. But Lord, just like the angel came for Peter and he guided the way, God, I believe that you will guide the way for your people. That God, you have tremendous freedom. Lord, help us to lace up, to put the gospel on, Lord, we need the Bible in our life. We need it to help us grow and to know the real you and to have our lives transformed. We give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. Hey, I, I want to tell you, if you want freedom this morning, first step is salvation. But Jesus is really clear. The next step is obedience to him. And if you haven't been water baptized, we would love to see that happen. The worship team is about to go into another worship set. You can come see myself uh, or my wife will come join us here. Uh, we'll be right over here by the BGMC barrel. We will take you, give you clothes, a towel, let you change and come back and we'll do water baptism. But if God would stir on your heart that you need to do this, we want to be able to help you do that today. Don't be embarrassed. Um, somebody did it last week. And I'll tell you what, if you think that, oh, the water must be too cold. I got water baptized in South Dakota uh, in the Black Hills at midnight in a, in a stream. Let me tell you, that was cold, all right? This might be a little chilly. You'll survive, I promise you. Um, don't be embarrassed. It's a great thing, and we want to celebrate with you. So if God would lay on your heart to be baptized today, come find us over by the BGMC tent, uh, and we'll be back in just a little bit to close out our service. But would you stand to your feet once again as we worship today? Pastor, thanks for that message, and there's uh, so many things that you talked about. Hopefully, God was speaking to your heart, and there's something that as you leave today that you can take home with you. 
And uh, you can stay afterwards. We're going to have a fellowship time, a little picnic. But make sure that, that you don't leave empty-handed today. Take something that God wants to give to you today. I think about Peter, how he was not a perfect person by any means. We know many of uh, his faults, even up to denying the Lord. But Jesus forgave him and set him back on the path. And Peter was one that, even though he had faults, he also had faith. If you have faith in Christ, he will see you through it all. And you can step out of the boat into the water, so to speak. We're going to sing Oceans.
Lord, you give life. You are love. And you are the light of the world. You give life. You give life. You are love.
Well, I want to thank you for coming out today. I know that God has something great for each and every one of you this week. Um, let's pray one more time. We'll pray for our offering. But if you have a special need this morning, and you need God to do something in your life or in the life of somebody that you love, we know that the scripture told us that the church prayed earnestly. And so we want to pray for you this morning. Whatever your need might be, maybe you need something restored. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Uh, maybe it's a physical issue in your body. Maybe it's, it's a financial issue. Whatever it might be, I believe that God is a God of resource. And He wants to do something great in your life today. Lord, we thank You for the opportunity we've had. God, to worship You and Your great outdoors, Your presence here with us. Lord, we thank You for the opportunity You've given us to hear Your Word and apply it to our life. And Lord, now we pray for those in attendance here, those who are online, those who are in our community. God, you see the needs, and Lord, you see the broken hearts. You see the lives that are, are confused, frustrated, upset today. God, would you step in? Would you do something great? Would you reveal yourself to every single person that God needs a touch from you today? God, would you do miracles for those in need of a miracle today? Would you come through for those in financial need? Would you come through for those, God, who have a physical, a mental, a spiritual, or emotional need today? God, you are amazing. Lord, we pray over our offering as well today that, God, we want to be of service to you in our community and around the globe. And Lord, we pray a blessing over what is given. That, God, it would go further for the kingdom of God than we ever thought possible. And a blessing over those who give that you might meet every financial need that they have. You're a God of resource, and God, I know your resource is available for your people today. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, so really quick, just a little bit of instruction. Worship team, if you could just bring it all the way down. Um, just a little bit of instruction for today, uh, because we are going to do sack lunch uh, Sunday. If you're planning to stay with us for lunch, we're going to clean everything up. We're going to leave the tent up. And we'll bring tables. We've got tables in the back of this pickup truck here. Once we have everything cleaned up, we'll put those tables underneath here and just move the chairs underneath here, have lunch underneath the tent. Uh, everything else is going to have to come down. If you are leaving us, please exit uh, out onto Union Street. We appreciate that. Watch out for people and other vehicles. We thank you guys so much.